Good morning. Time for another episode of Senior Smart Zero and Classic Hits, K-Wayne 106, brought to you by St. Crispin Living Community in Red Wing with our full continuum of care, including our renowned short-term rehab services. This is Jack Caldwell. Debbie Bradley joins me as we continue our series. And Debbie, take it away. Looking forward to it again. Me too. Dr. Eric Trias is here to help with show number seven of the five pillars. Dr. Eric is reputable and everything he says is backed up by research. Check it out if you need to. He's newly retired, a former clinic physician manager and also former professor of family medicine. 39 years as a practicing physician. So he's here free of charge. He just wants to help as many people as possible. The five pillars, the name comes from the pillars of nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress management, and relationships. These are the foundations to being healthy. They're cheap, they're effective, but the hard news is you have to do work. The shows can be listened to again and again on the K-Wing Senior Smarts podcast. So to, we talked last time and delivered a very tough message about carbs. If you haven't heard it, go back to that one and listen to it. It's all explained medically, but then also laid out um, in everyday language too. Carbs, sorry, they're bad. They turn into sugar. And today we're going to talk about beverages. So Dr. Eric, welcome back again and tell us about beverages. How can we stay healthy or get healthy when we think about what we drink? Thank you very much. And beverages is a kind of a hot topic because it includes alcohol, is it good or bad? Coffee, is it good or bad? Milk, is it good or bad? So hopefully I can distill all that uh, quite nicely for you. Sorry about the pun there. <laughs> but yeah. Distill. Thing... Did you hear it? He talking about distilling. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, he's uh, like my husband. Last time we talked about... <laughs> Carbohydrates and what its effect. And again, very quickly, carbohydrates feed the bad bacteria in your gut. When the bad bacteria overgrow the good bacteria, they release chemicals that irritate your colon lining and intestinal lining that allows other toxic substances to migrate through into the body. And the body's reaction is to create chemicals and antibodies that circulate throughout your system and irritate essentially all of your body. When they go to a certain organ, so to speak, it will irritate that organ and that organ will respond to that inflammation with its own set of chemicals and irritants that damage that organ. So it's so very important to understand the microbiome and in the context that we talk about here. Carbohydrates, sugars, in particular today, we're going to talk about beverages that have sugars in them, such as pop, soda pop. If there's one thing that you can do health-wise that you're doing right now that's not good is to stop pop. Pop is high on the glycemic index. You get sugar immediately in your system. You release insulin, which is damaging when it's there too long and, and too high a dose. So pop is, soda pop is just, just not good. And and the thing about soda pop, it's tough. You get used to it, and that's part of your beverage. In fact, 10% of all food stamp purchases is for pop. Oh, so the people that are on welfare, you mean? Sure. That are using food stamps? Anybody that has food stamps, 10% okay. of that is for pop. Oh, no. And when you look at obesity, obesity, we're finding out, is just as much of a risk factor for disease as smoking a pack of cigarettes. Obesity causes cancer. It causes depression. It causes us to be lassitude about doing the right things for ourselves. Obesity is a killer. 
And it's not it's not to be blamed by that individual, so to speak, because they got roped into it. We sat around eating cereals, and we have bagels for breakfast, and someone brings in treats, and it's always a sugary kind of treat. Yeah. And so Cake, we get roped donuts. into this sugar addiction, and it is real, and it causes disease. Pop is bad news. You just you just got to stop that one. So you know what I was just thinking, Doctor Eric, not once has anybody in here ever brought in like Melba toast. I'm just no, I'm, <laughs> sorry. I had, right. That came into my mind. Melba toast. Yeah. So or whatever. Go continue on. All That's right. good stuff, though. So other beverages that are like that is juice, and we say, well, juice is fruits, right? Well, the problem is it's so condensed and so high in the amount of sugar per ounce, so to speak, that it hijacks your system and causes too much insulin production. So juice is not good to drink. For First of all, you lose the fiber that is so important, particularly if you do the things we're talking about, which is having a higher fat diet. And we'll talk about fat in future sessions. Fat is not the killer. Carbohydrates are. Which turns into sugar. Which turns into sugar. And the... The juices also, sure, they have antioxidants and different things in it, but we have genetically engineered our plants so that our oranges are sweeter and in in keeping, lose nutrients. Apples, same thing. We get these very sweet apples that, believe me, I love eating them, but they're not as nutritious. In fact, if you compare the modern-day apple to the ancient apple, uh, there's very few of those plants around. Uh, in Nepal, they have apples that date back greater than 10,000 years as far as the lineage of those apples. Those apples, even though they're small and misshapen, have 254 times the nutrient that a large, big, modern-day apple has. So if you're saying don't drink orange juice, apple juice, cranberry juice, all those kind of juices... Is it healthy then just to have the orange itself? Is that healthy? Much better because you're getting all these other things. And when you have an orange, you automatically get that green, or excuse me, that yellow kind of gummy stuff that is between the meat of the orange and the, the peel itself. And that actually has the most nutrition for you. It has all the antioxidants and such. And you get the fiber of it. So yes. But again, that also has a lot of fructose. Part of fruit sugar is glucose plus fructose. And fructose irritates your liver and causes diabetes at a greater rate than the glucose does. As opposed to the fructose that's in high fructose corn syrup, that is a process. And something changes with that, makes it even double bad. Mercury is produced in that process. And mercury, the tolerable amount of mercury in your body is zero. Government has a standard of how much you should have. No, you should have zero mercury. So high fructose corn syrup, which was never an issue before 1980. In fact, before that time, I hardly ever saw fatty liver, which is a fatty degeneration of the liver. After that, it's all of a sudden I see more and more and more, and fatty liver can lead on to cirrhosis, liver failure, and you don't want a bad liver. That is the processor of your body making all the good compounds that we use for for building up cells and hormones and such so so yes fruit juices just don't do it there's better beverages we're going to talk about those in a little bit so get used to tea or coffee instead of pop or juice okay i want to go back to fruits because fruits has always been um proposed as the wonderful part of your diet that you should make sure you you incorporate that into your diet so if we say no fruit juice 
and then you're saying to dial back on fruits, what generally in the ballpark is good for you to have fruits? I mean, is it once a day? Is it, you know, a couple times a week? We have to look at the value of each fruit to, to answer that question. Sure. And one of the best ways to do that is the glycemic index. You'll be surprised what fruits really aren't that good for you. But things that are berries are much better than fruit per se, such as uh, blackberry. Blueberries are wonderful. I right. always have a bowl of blueberries. I, I really don't like sweets. And so I have to force myself into eating them. So to have them... On our counter, as I walk by, I grab four or ten of them and chew that down, usually with some uh, almonds or some cashews because nuts are wonderful for us. In fact, someone who has a serving of nuts, just a handful of nuts every day, and I'm talking about nuts, not peanuts. Peanuts is not a nut. That's a legume. It's something different. It's too high in in the glycemic index. Yeah, peanut butter. No, not so good. Um, Love peanut butter. good nuts reduces your heart attack rate by 30% just with a handful of nuts every day. So examples of regular everyday nuts that people would eat are? Almonds, cashews, pistachios, macadamia, yeah. Walnuts, walnuts are great. So, uh, so yes, there are berries, there are fruits that you can eat, but in general, steer towards vegetables. Vegetables, the government has increased to five servings of fruits and vegetables. Again, a serving is a half a cup of cooked vegetable that's not much it's small yeah and so but what we really estimate as far as the healthy amount is nine servings a day one of the easiest ways of doing that is incorporate it with your breakfast i've always found breakfast a tough one to eat healthy because there's so much cereal in it there's waffles and bagels and and uh, pancakes and then of course you put high fructose corn syrup maple sugar on top of that to make it even more sweet for our american palate so eggs Eat eggs. Eggs is good for you. And we certainly can talk about that in the future. But eggs, whole eggs, the eggs, the whole cholesterol issue is a fallacy, folks, as far as eating fat creating disease. It does not work like that. Eating car- carbohydrates creates disease, including heart disease. So getting back to, to beverages, I mentioned coffee and tea. And it's, it's amazing, the health benefits of coffee. There's only two instances where coffee and caffeine is not such a good thing, and that is when you have a cardiac irregularity or you have a high anxiety diagnosis. You shouldn't have caffeine because they're, they're too stimulating in that, and they can cause cardiac irregularities. But there's many, many benefits to coffee. I love it. Yes. In fact, we'll probably have coffee in just a little bit. It's got to have that. Okay. So some of the benefits of coffee. Uh, There was a 2017 European Cardiac Society Congress statement that said there's significant correlation with health and consumption of coffee and reduction of mortality. In fact, two cups per day reduce overall mortality by 30%. It decreases the risk for Alzheimer's, and I'm talking roughly three to four cups a day. And again, a cup of coffee is not like a cup when you bake. A cup of coffee is only five and a third ounces. It's from a French designation years ago. Six ounces cold, put in, steamed, becomes five and a third. So that's a cup of coffee. So let's say three to four cups of coffee will reduce your risk for Alzheimer's by 65%. Unbelievable. Reduce your risk of diabetes type 2 by 50%. Wow. Parkinson's by 50%. 
overall liver disease by 30%, reduces depression by 20%, including a 53% reduction of suicide. It helps digestive issues, helps reduce heart disease, stroke, cancers. So Coffee's a superfood. It, it, re, it really turns out to be so, yes. 60% of Americans have a daily use of coffee, which is actually great. They have it in their workspace, and there's a very good reason for that. It improves your nerve fibering, which then improves memory, mood, energy, vigilance, reaction times, what you want at work. Yeah. Uh, it also causes a change in your brain, uh, inhibiting a certain type of a neurotransmitter that causes increased norepinephrine and dopamine. Dopamine is the overall feel-good chemical neurotransmitter we have in our brain. We need more dopamine in the right areas. Uh, <clears throat> there's a statement made that I kind of liked. America runs on two dark fluids, petroleum and coffee. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It increases your metabolic rate by 10%, uh, including fat burning. In other words, there's evidence, mild evidence, that helps lose weight. It has, it's loaded with antioxidants, which, of course, you do want antioxidants. Our life, uh, on a biochemical level, oxidization or chemically changing your structures, your peptides and proteins and fats and whatnot, to one that includes oxygen, renders it ineffective or less effective, and it causes what's called free radicals. It's like an acid floating around, irritating all tissue. So you want antioxidants. We'll talk about antioxidants throughout this program. You okay, want listeners, yeah. I'm lost too, but yeah. just listen to him talking about how coffee is great. I have a question for you. My husband makes what he calls jet fuel. Okay. Ours is super strong. Is there an advantage to drinking weaker coffee versus stronger coffee? Well, the stronger the coffee, the more antioxidants, the more of the, you know, vitamin Bs, magnesium, uh, manganese, potassiums, different things that you get in coffee that are good for you. Uh, but there's evidence, there was a study done in, well, decaf coffee versus caffeinated. Actually, decaf coffee has just about similar benefits to all of this. Yeah, in, well, that's good yes, news for yes. people. So decaf coffee is just fine. In fact, it's good for you. Good. So... You know, when we, when we talk about the main diseases that are affecting our society, we talk about the dementias such as Alzheimer's, such mm -hmm. as diabetes, such as heart disease. All of these are significantly improved with coffee. So coffee is a good thing. You know, tea is somewhat similar to that, and, and it brings a lot of the same types of benefits. So if you don't like coffee, tea. I, I want to back up here just before we go on to tea is that I'm assuming that when you're talking about coffee, you're not talking about loading it with all these syrups and sugars and yeah, all this other garbage in there, too. That's not coffee. Yeah, that's, so, so that's a sweetened drink. Okay, so so yeah. people need to wrap their brains around, are, are you drinking coffee or are you drinking something that's just loaded? I looked up once on <clears throat> a certain kind of coffee drink that I loved, and I looked up the nutritional benefits because I had a couple minutes, found out there was 750 calories, and it's like, well, how much of that is sugar and garbage and whatever? Mm -hmm. So I you know, put on the brakes with that one. But you need to know, you need to be truthful with yourself. Are you looking to drink coffee or are you looking to drink sugar in a way that you can pass off as coffee? 
That's a very good point. And it, it also speaks to the sweet tooth that Americans have, that we've grown up with, that we're fostered by the, uh, by the food companies that, you know, feed them, feed them, feed them full of sugar. So when you transit to coffee, yeah, I'll have coffee, but then you add all this stuff into it. And that's fine as a transition. If it gets you off of pop onto something else with the end intention of using less and less of those sugar syrups and, and additives to where you're just having coffee or maybe coffee with a little organic whole milk, something like that. Or what about, is there any healthy alternative if you're trying to move from pop or a super sugary coffee drink? Is there anything that they can put in their drink that is healthy or on the healthier side? Very good. There's all sorts of uh, sweeteners that are out there. You've heard of Splenda and and, uh, Truvia and different uh, substances. The best one really... That you should, I mean, there's other things like monk fruit and date sugar and all that, but that's not necessarily readily available to us. The probably the best um, is what what is in uh, Truvia or stevia. Stevia. Okay. There's actually a comp- stevia. In fact, the best thing to do is get the powdered leaf and sprinkle that in. That has the antioxidants and much more for you rather than the processed form that comes in a little bag that you tear open but stevia or is the brand name of it but the two different chemicals in it one of them actually has been shown to improve cardiac disease and and help prevent cardiac disease in a very mild way not not in a in a huge way but if you're going to have something that's the one you use for sweetener and again sweet is sweet your brain recognizes it as sweet when you ha- when you are addicted to it or you have it on a regular basis and you go without it, your brain seeks out that sweet. It may not seem like sweet because you may have, oh, I'll have a pasta meal, but it's sweet to the brain. Mm. If you keep having a sweet tooth, you will continue to be migrating towards foods that are carbohydrates that are not good for you. So yes, as a transition, stevia or, or the generic version of the powdered plant with the mindset that over time you're going to use less and less and less and less of that as you reduce yourself in all the carbohydrate foods that we talked about previously to the point where you're eating a much higher proportion of fats, moderate amounts of protein, and a low amount of carbohydrates. All right, here we go. Uh, 90 seconds left, Debbie. 90 seconds. Oh. Covered a lot of territory there. I'm going to give it back to Dr. Eric to do some wrap-up words because that's a lot to put your brain around. Yeah, I'm sorry I kind of delved too much into some of that stuff, but the reality is there are beverages that are good for you and that are not good for you. No pop. Really stay away from the juices. You can get all those benefits that you get in juice in a high-vegetable-type diet. Um, Coffee is good. That's great news. Tea is good, absolutely. I would go for those. And it's all about the proper nutrition for body and feeding the microbiome in a way that makes it healthy and a good ratio of good to bad bacteria. Excellent. Thank you for the show today, Dr. Eric. We really appreciate it. And um, come find us next week at the same time, same place. And we're going to be talking about... Uh, the five pillars again, supplements. With that, St. Crispin Living Community is changing aging in Red Wing. All right, Debbie, thank you much. Senior Smarts here on Classic Hits K-Wing 106, brought to you by St. Crispin Living Community in Red Wing with our full continuum of care, including our renowned short-term rehab services. We'll see you again next week.